All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Eight episode twenty um, of the Daily Faceoff Fantasy Podcast. How are you doing today, D? With the two man show. Uh, happy to be here, man. A little bit of extra leg room feels yeah. good. Missing yeah. our beloved host, but happy to keep the show rolling. Get the people into the weekend. Yeah, we will say Brock's had a crazy day. Uh, we've been covering thirteen games today, so it's a little bit of a heavier, heavier slate. Thirteen games today, one game tomorrow. So he'll get to uh, he'll get to take a bit a bit of a break. So uh, he is setting lines, doing goalies and all that fun stuff right now. Well, we get to uh, fill your ears with our vocals. Look how far we've made it D, um, from grade school to now running the pod. Uh, but today's episode, uh, it's all about buy lows. And um, the other day we had an article come out about about buying superstars low. Um, there are quite a few this year who stand out as guys that you can target and realistically get um, now that we are six weeks into the season. Uh, we've seen some crazy things happen in a couple of our leagues this morning. Actually, D picked up Tristan Yari off of waivers in a league. Actually, it wasn't even waivers. It was just a straight free agency drop because that league doesn't have waivers. Um, <laughs> so with that, we are kind of expire, or inspired to uh, to attack these buy-low candidates just because you should not be dropping Tristan Yari. Um, you should be trading for Tristan Yari. Um, so we will address that later. But we are going to start with alexander barkov um one of the more obvious names on the list and actually was looking a little bit more obvious until he had a three-point night uh on on tuesday barkov is currently slated to miss tonight he's, he's missing the game currently as we speak it is just an illness but uh that can add to just a few more points as to why barkov is a buy low candidate currently has 16 games played four goals 10 assists for 14 points he has 58 shots on goal and he is averaging a being 23 minutes time on ice that is nearly 45 seconds higher than the next forward which is um our boy connor mcdavid everyone's mcdavid 
Um, Jonathan, how do you feel about buying low on number 16 on Florida? Yeah, I like it. Obviously, like you said, it's it's one of the more obvious ones. I think we've been tooting his horn for um, three or four weeks now and just that top six in general. Um, talked about how the shooting percentages and the underlying numbers just aren't lining up with the raw production. Um, and I expect that power play to get better as well. I think losing Huberto um, definitely threw a wrench, at least in the continuity year over year in terms of, you know, them just picking up right where they left mm-hmm. off the last few seasons. So uh, it seems like they're starting to figure it out there as well. Like you said, Barkov had the good night the other night. Um, and hopefully the illness, like you said, just calms down the numbers a little bit more, keeps them on the buy low side of things for just a little bit longer. Cause certainly, you know, just with this track record, everything else looks identical. Like you said, a shot volume, the chances they're creating, um, and the opportunities he's getting on the power play. So, um, it, it really just comes down to 6.9 personal shooting percentage, 10.2 on ice, mm-hmm. not super low, but pretty low with where you're definitely a lot lower than you expect, uh, Barkov to be at as well. So certainly better days ahead. Uh, and like you said, one of the more obvious buy low candidates. Yeah. And, uh, and when we're looking at buy lows, um, and I mean, if for people at home, if you want to do the same, one of the things we kind of target is, um, shots on goal. Um, and as you mentioned, his shooting percentage currently at a, uh, a pretty glaringly low 6.9% when he's a career 13.9% shooter and that's across 10 NHL seasons. So, um, it's not a flash in the pan that this guy shoots close to percent every year. Um, one thing that's kind of juicy about Barkov's year, he's having such a bad, not a bad start, a Barkov bad day, um, and he's still on pace to get a career high in shots. He's at the current moment, he's uh, he's on pace for 298 shots across an 82 game season, just below 300. That's like OV stuff. Uh, we rarely see guys get that high, and that's why I kind of love attacking him. Another thing about him, Aaron Ekblad just came back, so Florida, um. You know, great team, great offensive attack. But now that you add in one of the best scoring defensemen in the league, it should only help Barkov going forward. I mentioned we saw three points there. Um, so when he gets hot, it's gonna it's gonna come. Um, it's gonna come quick, and you wanna you wanna be behind it. So um, Barkov for sure, I guess the number one name on this list um, as just a general top five NHL player. Um, second, though, we have someone who, who honestly, a guy. Uh, during the day we take questions like left and right about this guy um jonathan huberto out in calgary he was started on the third line yesterday we love that for trying to trade for someone because what a, there's been no better time to try to try to snake just a one of the the, the top scores in the last couple of years Huberto's season right now 12 games played he's missed a couple due to injury um two goals five assists seven points and 22 shots on goal uh, D, how do you feel about going after Huberto? Oh, even though he's online, I think he's still looking like a nice target. Yeah, also, I don't think he's lasting there long. Yeah, you just you really hope it it turns the corner sooner or later. It's not just like he was, you know, all of a sudden he's on the third line. The ice time has been a pretty um, consistent concern with Huberto since he's been in Calgary. He's averaging just sixty minutes and thirty seven seconds uh, this season. That'd be his lowest since his. Uh, third full season in the league in 2014-15. So certainly um, lower than, you know, we've ever seen his ice time ever since he took on a a top six role in Florida and obviously broke out into one of the premier playmakers in the league. So the talent is definitely there and the ice time certainly doesn't line up with, you know, all the capital that they gave up to get him, the contract they signed him to. So you would anticipate that it does turn sooner or later. Like it just doesn't make sense to only play him 16 and a half minutes a night. You're just not really getting your money's worth at that point. I understand he hasn't played well, and I understand that Sutter um, is one of the more difficult coaches to earn that kind of ice time from, but we have seen it in the past, right? Like Gaudreau was routinely playing 20 minutes a night there. So if he puts the work in um, that Sutter's looking for, it it should turn. I I imagine that they're going to figure it out um, and he'll, you know, get back to basically being leaned on like we're used to seeing Um, because it really doesn't make sense otherwise. Like, why do you give up all that capital for him? You move Matt Kachuk. Mm -hmm. Um, and you sign him to the long-term extension just to cut his minutes, play him on the third line. You know, it just doesn't add up. It's it it sim- signals a real disconnect Weird. between the front office and, and you know Sutter behind the bench. But we all know Sutter's going to do what what Sutter thinks is best for the team, right? And I only imagine this is a way to try to really get a reaction out of Huberto and um, you know get him to kind of show the effort on the defensive side of the game that Sutter is looking for that maybe wasn't demanded out of him down in Florida. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I would imagine it's got to get better, but it is a scary one to, to, 
to um, really move for because you don't really know exactly where that ice time is going to line up, right? He's going to be back to 19, 20 minutes playing on the top line with Lynn Holm and, uh, you know, assuming obviously on the top power play as well. Um, or is he kind of going to, even if he gets back up on the second line, is he kind of going to be capped around 17, 18 minutes? So there's certainly a lot of risk here and it's not as, you know, slam dunk and obvious as a pick as maybe we thought it was a week into the season. But like I said, you just have to assume that his role is going to grow because it just really doesn't make sense for it not to. Yeah. You got to mention, I think that, that Sutter's just poking the bear, um, a little bit there, just trying, trying to get his, his guy going after what's really been kind of a, a struggle off the bat. And, and we're, we're watching it happen with a lot of the Calgary roster it's a team where they're only going to get better there's too much talent there on paper they got three solid lines and Luci should not be in the top six often um like he was the other night I think about Huberto uh, I think you could get him right now for basically anyone in like the top 40 um rank wise I'm not sure if you should give them up but you could but either way um he ranks sixth across the entire NHL in points in the last five seasons obviously on a different team now that he's in Calgary um but at the same time that's 353 points in five years. That's a, uh, that's the type of production that you can't really get just for guys that you've maybe picked up off the wire for guys that you draft at the end of your draft. And this is one time when you can do that now um, trying to target Huberto. It might be the time if you can, if you can really snake him off someone who's like, we had a guy the other day who asked us if he, if you should drop him. So if someone's thinking about dropping him and you can give up, you know, one of your worst players you're going to laugh when you're in the playoffs um, and this guy's back to over a point per game. But um, either way, even if you're going to get 70 points out of him this year, you still want him on your fantasy roster. So uh, massive, massive ceiling there. Something, uh, something to, to definitely keep an eye on. Um, as we mentioned, as he hopefully gets more ice. Uh, another, another name here is, uh, is another superstar that got moved in the off season. And it's Johnny hockey, Johnny Goudreau out in Columbus, uh, currently also a left winger like Goudreau. Uh, or sorry, like uh, like Huberto, uh, six goals, seven assists, a minus five rating, and 46 shots on goal. Now Goudreau out of the lineup, a uh, game or two, and uh, and obviously Line A has been uh, got injured, was supposed to be out for four to six weeks, came back after a week, and got injured again. So um, a lot of different moving parts around Goudreau, but uh, we have not seen the type of production that we saw last year where he's over a 100-point player. So uh how you feel about targeting Goudreau and also follow-up question, Goudreau or Huberto rest of the way? I think if I had to choose right now, I would take Goudreau just because, you know, he's nailed on to be getting those 20 minutes a night that we're really looking for. Uh, his shot volume is still intact where Huberto, that's been a concern as well. He's under two shots a game. So certainly less concerns with Goudreau. Um, I think what we've seen and is kind of not really surprising to us, right, is that he just doesn't quite have the upside or the ceiling he does playing in Columbus uh, just doesn't have as strong of a supporting cast as he had the last few years in Calgary, but he was due for some regression no matter what jersey he was wearing this year. He was uh, over 15% of on ice shooting percentage last year, so um, you know, he was never going to get close to 100, and I think it was 15 points he put up last year. Yeah, uh, The 70 assists, like he's just never been that close to an assist per game, and when he has, it's been because of uh, a jump in on ice shooting percentage, which again, is just much more difficult to maintain. He still creates a ton of chances, um, both for himself and his line mates. So he's a really safe bet. And I think some people may be a little bit more disappointed in him just because um, he, you know, they, they had to invest a higher pick and I mean, it's the change of scenery and, you know, he's got the dash five next to his name now as well. Uh, and like we said, those assists just kind of paling in comparison to what it was. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's someone you can definitely go after because I think their owners are feeling pretty low on him, but you just got to cap your expectations and be real, realistic about what you're giving up for him. Uh, because I think, you know, his, the, his cap upside probably with line a out as well for the foreseeable future. Um, I would imagine it's probably around an 85 to 90 point pace. And I just don't think he can really get up above that hundred point pace, um, with this surrounding cast. So, uh, yeah, one to go after, but I, I wouldn't, you know, move the, move the, or sell the farm for him, hoping that he's going to get back to what he was last year. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, and, and part of it, as you mentioned, the surrounding cast, it's not really their fault. Zach Lorensky just got announced out for the season. So there goes your PP one yeah. quarterback. Um, they brought in Jake Bean. He played great, had two points in two games. And then Jake Bean got hurt and is now on the IR as of this morning or yesterday morning, one of the two. Um, so right now, realistically, he's playing with like pennies out there. We mentioned that line is out. That's a top shooting option. They're kind of putting anything they can out there. But, um, you know, Johnny Hockey's known to go through some hot streaks and currently at the moment has seven points or sorry, uh, 
six points in his last five games. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of back in that regard. Still only just two points below point per game. But I think a lot of people are uh, are underestimating Johnny Hockey this year. And like you said, there are a lot of owners who draft him really high are getting pretty bitter with him. So, yeah, can... it's a thin position and he should continue to score a lot of goals above all else. But, yeah, I think his owners will continue to be disappointed as his assist totals. So I, I think yeah. there's some room to buy low for sure. Yeah. And like you said, uh, thin position, if you can move, it's kind of like Huberto too. If you can move a center, um, someone, you know, who you have, who's close to a point per game and someone's going to go for it down the line. These are the guys you need when you're plugging in nights like tonight, when Brock can't make it to the podcast and there's <laughs> 13 guys going, um, you don't want Johnny or you don't want, uh, guys like Johnny Goudreau that are centers, uh, not on your, on your lineup. And if, yeah, if I you think have, like a, if you have like Goudreau, Dubois you're would be a good one. He's off to hot start with seven goals, right. Um, to at least kind of start and, and build it around, um, maybe Kopitar to your point as well. Just looking mm-hmm. at the centerized position, Kadri, someone who's had a fortunate bounce with this shooting percentage. So there's a lot of options, even as egress and uh, redraft leagues, I, I think would be worth moving for, for I love all as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of decent options to at least try to get a trade off the ground and get those trade talks started. I will admit I, uh, I debated dropping Zegras in a redraft league. Uh, the one that you picked up Yari, it's a, uh, it's minimal keeper league, but I debated yeah, that, it. Um, teams are that deep and small free agency bench, wire is that crazy. So Makes sense. But that, that league doesn't count, but at the same time, if I'm considering dropping him in a league and you could, I, I realistically think you could pull off a Zegras for Goudreau move right now. Um, with an yeah, I think so too. Just because, like, the general public's opinion, they're they're trying to do in oh. different directions, right? Like, people love Zegers. People love, love Zegers. Yeah. Yeah. Another one, uh, friend of the show, and uh, not someone we ever want to bring up when we're here. Um, for those of you who don't remember, D's family has met this player. It is Kyle Connor, out in Winnipeg. Uh, nice to see the smile there. I knew you know who it was right away. Unless I was actually testing you to see if they'd met other players, but uh, Kyle Connor, Winnipeg, another left winger. Currently has two goals, 10 assists, 48 shots, but he is averaging 20, 51 time on ice. That is top 10 among NHL forwards. Uh, much like Barkov, it's something we like to see. He has played in 14 games this year, so he's just two points below a point per game. But I think the big thing for Kyle Connor on us right now is he's not scoring, and uh, we're seeing shots. He's got 48. So how do we feel about Kyle Connor D? And uh, and I'm going to, again, say, uh, who do you like the best of these left wingers? I just as we just stack them up. I Connor, like Connor was the one we were all yeah. highest on coming into the year. And for me, he would still be the pick simply because like the goal scoring upside is, is so huge with him. I, I talked about Connor being a reliable, you know, goal scorer in the sense that you can kind of count on a 35 to 40 goal pace, but Connor showed last year to be able to kind of push the envelope further, you know, the 50 goal upside that really elite level of goal score. Um, and it's really easy to see how he can bounce back. Like he's, really doesn't need to change much. He just needs a little bit more puck luck. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really easy to feel good about him when he has that career 14.8 shooting percentage, like you said with Barkov, right? It's not a guy who uh, maybe like a Blake Wheeler, you know, a career nine or 10% shooter who's a volume shooter. Um, And when they get off to these cold streaks, it's, it's not all that surprising. Like Connor, this has got to be one of the worst stretches of his career because he's been such an elite shooter for, you know, basically the entire time he's been in the league, he's never had a full season with a shooting percentage below 14.8%. So, uh, yeah, I would expect this to really turn up um, back to where we're used to seeing it um, sooner than later. And that means, you know, three times as many goals basically is what we should have expected to this point than what he's returned. So anywhere between six or seven goals and the 10 assists he got you, uh, which is exactly what we're looking for out of him. And so, yeah, like I said, not a whole lot needs to change. He's still getting the ice time. He's still creating his chances. He's still getting his shots off. Uh, the puck just needs to start going in for him. And just like Barkov, like there's really not a whole lot of players that you would feel better about bouncing back from a cold streak than a guy like Connor. He's just 26 years old too. So certainly, you know, you're not worried about any sort of age curve being a factor in this uh, drop off in execution. So definitely, definitely expecting to bounce back sooner than later. He may not get to, you know, what we were hoping for at the start of the year, thanks to the slow start, but we're just interested in what he can do the rest of the year. Uh, and certainly has that uh, still, I think could pop 40 goals from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think there's a more unlucky player in the league. And it's also kind of scary that Winnipeg is, uh, they're historically having the best start in Winnipeg history since they've become the the new Jets. And um, and, and Kyle Connor's playing like this, not scoring goals. So when he does get going out there, um, things are clicking right now in Winnipeg with new coaching staff. And, uh, and Kyle Connor is like, things are going to change. 
also with these names something that kind of stood out to me there's these are names like we we don't talk about trading for on the podcast because you normally they're too good to trade for yeah so the fact that we're even laying them down a little bit um basically means just test the waters for these guys if they're out there um because a lot of times you you don't suggest the Barkovs, you don't suggest the Gudras, because you just sound stupid. Because you're just it's just gonna be like, hey, trade your best player for them. But now these are guys that you can kind of get away from or get away with not trading your best player, and then maybe getting your, your soon to be best player if they do turn it around like Connor could. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the theme here again for this last or this fifth player we got going here. We're gonna step step to the back end to defense. We have Roman Yossi and uh, out in Nashville currently obviously playing d 16 games played for roman three goals seven assists 10 points he's a minus nine rating here's the big one though d he has 61 shots on goal for those of you counting at home that's the most shots on goals anyone we've talked about so far and we've talked about four forwards um yossi right now he is you're you're not often going to be able to get a top five fantasy defenseman you might be able to right now with Yossi, 10 points in 16 games. How do you feel about uh, about Nashville's captain there, D? Like him a lot, although I, I think as the listeners know, um, I'm not super high on the Preds this year, and they had a lot go right last year. Obviously, he played amazing, but you also had basically their entire top six, um, especially the likes of Duchesne and Forsberg with career years and uh, career luck in terms of their shoot personal and on-ice shooting percentages. So, um, that certainly played a part into the 73 assists Yossi racked up last year. And that was why I was maybe a little bit, uh, lower on him coming into the season, still had him firmly in that top three, though, like you talked about Peeves. Um, but just because, yeah, those assists really, what he put up last year seemed like an anomaly to me. The reason why Yossi is so valuable is because his goal scoring is so reliable because he talked about it. Peeves. His shot volume the is shots. just through the roof, mm-hmm. uh, shoots at a decent clip for defensemen too, six and a half shooting percentage when you're. You know, most of your shots are coming from 30 feet away is, is pretty darn good. So uh, 4.9, slightly low for him. But really, you know, he's only about a goal behind where he should be based off his expected career shooting percentage. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's it's not a big surprise for me. The dash nine, a little bit so. Like I said, I, I thought they would kind of be battling on the edge for a playoff spot. Um, and I, I think they've probably been a little bit unfortunate overall as well. It's kind of really bounced back hard the other way in terms of that puck luck. So, um, and Saros and Ned obviously not helping that minus nine with the slow start he's nope. been off to. So I think that'll improve. The assists is what I really don't think will get that much better. You know, I, I think he can get back to maybe about an assist every other game. But like I said, he's one of the few guys where, you know, he doesn't really need to shoot that much above his career average to get to 20 goals. Uh, I don't think it'll happen this year because of the slow start, but another guy that, like I said, we're looking at for the rest of the year, he can easily give you another 10, uh, 15 goals if everything goes right and he bounces back hard the other way uh, the rest of the season, which is super, super valuable from the back end. Yeah, one thing that's really hurt Yossi this year is the 15% power play clip that Nashville's playing at right now. Uh, yep. Last week, we were talking about Colorado's 40%. So if you're converting at a 25% difference, then Kale McCarr's team, um, you lose a little bit of value there. Right now, I'm kind of looking at some names that you could move instead of him. Hampus Lindholm's one that really stands out. Lindholm's up to 17 points in 16 games. McAvoy just came back, going to take a lot of those key prime minutes. If you can move him out here, out of there, that's an absolute steal. Uh, Brandon Montour, another one, exact same situation. 16 points in 14 games. Uh, Aaron Ekblad back now, about to be power play one, likely. Um, so Montour becomes a trade chip. Josh Morrissey, another one over point per game, and a guy that you can actually say hey he's in that first line role but i would rather have yossi than morrissey all day alex petrangelo another one 14 points in 17 games 13 of them assists we're talking about it yossi's a goal goal scoring defenseman um and that's just what i really like and going forward i'd put all my marbles on roman yossi outscoring these guys in both points and obviously goals um, so I think I, uh, there's a lot of guys that you could trade that that have kind I of I would throw Eric hot. Carlson in there too, just because you could oh. probably get Yossi plus for Carlson at this point, which is just ridiculous. Um, and we know that Carlson is gonna come <laughs> back down to earth to yeah. some degree. It's Santa's hard to good. pinpoint exactly where he's gonna settle because I think with Burns not being there, it, it's really a big part of that jump in production. But obviously there's an 18 and a half personal shooting percentage, there's 12 and a half on ice shooting percentage at play here. So he's playing really well, but I think he's probably settles in around a 60 to 70 point pace the rest of the way, um, given the same opportunity and underlying numbers. So pretty similar to Yossi. 
Um, and I, I still think Yossi has a little bit more scoring upside, even though like <laughs> there might not be a hotter shooter in the league to start the season than Eric Carlson. So uh, it's kind of, it's never fun trading away the guy who's, you know, probably been the MVP of your team. You got, but you got him at the end of the draft. Like this is yeah. an excellent opportunity to cash in, turn that 16th round pick into a solidified second round pick. Um, and like I said, probably get something and, you know, maybe a half decent winger thrown into it as well. Like that's how well Carlson has been playing. So if you're going to, sell high on a guy like do it big and and get this sort of return because it's you know it's it's uh, pretty serendipitous that you've got carlson off to the start he has and yossi off to such a slow start like i said it, it makes this trade um more than more than doable and, and probably makes it so it should be yossi plus which is just silly yeah as a as a two league carlson owner i would absolutely uh do that one for one and i think you're right i think i could totally get a get a little juicy winger on the side yeah maybe like a brian rust you know something Ooh, like that yeah i dig brian rust uh i will say though there <laughs> across the whole league there's probably three players that i wouldn't trade right now for yossi if we're doing a one-on-one defensively that's obviously cam lacar adam fox um and then rasmus dalin yeah. other than that i think basically anyone you could you could make a case to go yeah i think fox it would just depend on the scoring setup like if it's a points league that heavily favors goals then i would probably pull the trigger on fox as well but i'm I'm with you with the other two for sure yeah yeah which is pretty crazy because we're talking about a guy uh obviously 10 points in 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 16 games here but yeah the 61 shots um that's that's absolutely bonkers i believe that would have him finishing Across an 82 game season, that would have him at 313 shots. Yeah, I'm just under four a game. Yeah, so that, that's crazy. Um, and and if he's shooting at that rate, I just think we're seeing you know there's not really much offense out in Nashville. Um, but I'm gonna finally kind of give a name that you should be able to pull off in most 12 team leagues, realistically, um, especially redraft leagues. But uh, we need Brock here for this one. But it is Moritz Sider out in Detroit. Um, currently has zero goals on the year. Big old goose egg here for Mr. Uh, might win a Norris. Uh, five apples and 28 shots on goal for Moritz Sider. Um, I, I personally would go after this guy in most leagues. Um, I do think he's a he's a solid player just off to a slow start, but at the same time, uh, he does not hold the same value as obviously Yossi or the next D we're going to talk about. But uh, how do you feel about Big Mo there, D? Um, not as good as I felt coming into the season. Yeah. Oh, uh, sure. He was really, really impressive for a rookie and a 20-year-old defenseman last year. Seven goals, 43 assists, and a full 82 games, 187 shots on net. Um, so concerning to see him play almost identical ice time, 23.02 last year, 23.01 so far this year, average time Ooh. on ice. Um, so to see that shot volume down, that's pretty discouraging because you know that's a team that's uh, at least comparatively playing better than they were at this point last season. Um, so yeah, disappointing that the shot volume, you know, one hasn't grown, but two is actually taking a step back. Um, so <laughs> it's more of a narrative play, right? Like we know how good this guy looked last year. We know the draft stock there. This guy was a sixth overall pick in 2019. Uh, and pretty much ever since he was drafted has been hailed as one of, if not the top defensive prospect in the game. So, um, yeah, you're just kind of buying on the talent here. You're buying on the draft capital and you're buying on the hope that his play improves because the underlying numbers, they don't look great. They look like yeah. a guy who should have five points in 16 games and it looks like a defenseman that shouldn't get over. But there's a lot of opportunity there. Like that spot on the top unit and on the top pairing should be his for days. They should be you know, wanting him to figure it out because that should be his role for years to come, not just the, the rest of this season. So He's going to be given a lot of opportunities to figure it out. The ice time is going to be there, but he just needs to play better. So he's a scary one to go after, but I I'm with you in that it, you always bet on the talent and yeah. um, you can basically get him for peanuts and, and might even be able to find him on your waiver wire. So, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I think, I think if you're in uh, you know, if you realistically like a maybe 10 to 14 man league, trade your, try to trade your worst defenseman. Um, if it's a three or four, fourth team and if it's a if it's anyone who doesn't touch power play time definitely do it um because uh there's something here and you kind of mentioned it 21 years old it's not like he's going anywhere this guy's the future of their back line and and there's no one really in detroit who should be the power play quarterback otherwise um I mean, it's a, not not to say that they're they have options, but nothing but... that would you know be a legitimate long term uh, exactly. option over Cedar. So it's uh, like I said, it, it just for them, like they should want him to figure it out 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I imagine that, yeah, he's going to continue to get that ice. But like I said, he's got to do more with it. So yeah, uh, one to watch for sure. And and we'll definitely be monitoring Connery's game by game logs and and seeing how those those numbers look and seeing if we can get some more shots on goal and get some more scoring chances at 5v5. And one thing that is kind of encouraging um, earlier in the week uh, would have been this, the November 6th, November 8th. He actually touched 27 minutes in both games. So if we can get that more from the one game, he had two assists. That's just the kind of stuff that happens when you're playing half the game, um, especially if the team gets a couple power plays there. But another name here, we're going to talk about uh, another big zero in the goal category, which is going to surprise a lot of people. D, I know you're huge on this guy. Chris Latang out in Pittsburgh, um, an absolute fantasy veteran, might have been out there when fantasy hockey started like 18 years ago uh, when he started. I don't know when fantasy hockey started, but 31 shots on goal for this guy, a minus nine rating. He's getting absolutely uh, plugged in his own end. But Chris Latang, he is one of the perennial, um, I guess, defensive scores in the last five years. Um, he uh, like I mentioned, you know, 17 year veteran. And then r- regardless in year 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, he still ranks fifth in the NHL among defensemen in points with 221 ninth in goals with 48 and then sixth with in shots on goal with 760. So he, he he's a category filler, um, but he's just not filling categories this year. Uh, how do you feel about Chris Letang and would you rather Chris Letang or big Mo? Uh, oh, I, I would definitely rather tell you like you got the yeah. track record, right? Same. There's a lot to bet on here in terms of him bouncing back. Um, another guy who shoots at a decent clip from the back end and the shot volume, it looks, you know, at the onset, 31 shots in 15 games, just over two shots a game looks like a step back for him, but his shot attempts are actually up, up from 5.1 a game last year to 5.3, um, which suggests there's a bit of just bad luck slash, you know, just small sample at play in terms of him not registering shots on goal with those attempts. So, would expect the volume to turn back in the right direction in that regard. I think that team is still kind of finding its footing. Um, and I, I do think there's still some juice left in the Penguin tank. Uh, and I, I think they improve throughout the year. I think that power play improves. And obviously, I think he scores some goals. Um, he's usually one of the better bets to give you double-digit goals from the back end. So another guy that it's just easy to bet on him bouncing out of this cold slump. Um, and again... If you're worried about the plus minus, I, I think the goaltending has been the biggest factor there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would expect once Yari figures it out or if they just turn the keys over to the Smith uh, and he can give them league average goaltending, then uh, the plus minus really shouldn't be a concern at all. Yeah, something that's actually kind of crazy, too, about all those numbers, um, you know, all those top 10 rankings is he's actually missed 59 games between those five seasons. Mm-hmm. We talk about Latang's health a lot. Um, it's actually something, though, that he has figured out since last year. Uh, we almost got a full 82 out of him. We got 78 games and he turned that into 68 points. So um, Latang is someone who, you know, I still think is a top 20 fantasy defenseman at least. And I think a lot of people right now give him away for a top 30 person. So if you can, uh, especially with defense, if you can almost slide 10, 10 picks above ranking wise off a of D man, it's never a bad option. And um, you kind of mentioned it. I think everyone in Pittsburgh right now is struggling. They went through a spell there where they lost. It was, it was a lump sum of games. I think it was five or six. Uh, Sidney Crosby, even 17 points in 16 games. You know, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's Sydney esque but um, he's only, he's only recently picked that up and, uh, and brought that back. So um, Pittsburgh's, you know, one of those teams that starts, maybe starts slow, but uh, I could easily see Latang being one of those guys um, say if this happened midway through the season, we wouldn't have even batted an eye. Um, and he, he could just be on regular pace. So um, he's the last of our D there. Uh, we got a couple really quick goalies to go through before we uh, send it off to the stones for the break. Um, first goalie here, kind of cheating, but uh, you got to cheat sometimes when you're buying low. I'm going after an injured dude. It is Frederick Anderson out in Carolina. Um, currently has only played eight games, five three and zero records. You'd say, Hey, that's pretty good. But then you hear about his save percentage. It is an eight ninety one save percentage with a 2.72 goals against average Frederick Anderson last year, fourth place in Vesna voting. He was unbelievable. Um, I, I it's a classic case of just a goaltender who, who struggled off the bat. Um, obviously, as I mentioned now injured. Um, so if there's ever been a time to go after Anderson. It is now D how do you feel about 
going after uh going after a guy who you might have to stash on your IR for a couple of weeks there, even though yeah. he might uh he might he might pull out some top ten value. Um, yeah, I, I think result. it makes a lot of sense because there's a good chance the Freddie Anderson owner is in trouble in, in the in mm-hmm. the crease, right? So if you can um kick back attendee the other way, um and maybe you're a little bit deeper at the position, then I, I think it makes a lot of sense because there hasn't really been a clear cut uh, replacement for Freddie, right? It's not like you could just slide Ranta into the lineup and boom, there's Freddie. Um, him, Kachetkov have kind of been split and starts in that mm-hmm. regard. And it's kind of hard to even judge how that's going to look moving forward until Freddie gets back. But I do think that this is Freddie's job once he is back there. Hurricanes are a very good team. So um, just stopping right there, like that's a valuable position and, and a valuable player worth having on your fantasy team. Uh, I'm not too worried about the cold start, even though he is getting up there in age, simply because uh, we see this from Freddie every single year. Every Maple Leafs fan could tell you that he has these cold stretches in him. Uh, and then he has months where he looks like he's the best goalie in the league. So he had more of those months than these months last year. Um, as you pointed out, Beavs finishing in, in the top five in Vesna voting. So um, I, I would think on a team like Carolina that he'll be able to get back into that form sooner than later. Um, they said the injury happened in practice, so I don't think it was really, you know, contributing to that, that poor play at all, but, um, still you'd feel better about him coming back. Well, obviously with that clean bill of health, knowing that he's hundred percent good to go and, and should be ready to return to that work role on a really good team. So, uh, yeah, like individual performance for a goaltender, like we always say is a little bit voodoo in general. So anytime you can potentially get uh, a workhorse on a team as good as the hurricanes, it's a, it's a good one to go after. Yeah, we saw it last year with Mark Andre Fleury. It just depends so much the team in front of you, and uh, Carolina right now not too shabby. They currently rank fourth in the NHL in shots on goal per game with thirty five point eight. But then uh, just to see kind of how their luck is gone, they're they're nineteenth in the NHL in goals for per game. So that's got to give those usually start to round out as as the as year moves on. But also kind of another juicy stat here that should only help you want Freddie more is. They currently rank second in the NHL in shots allowed per game with only 26.4 on net. And then that's translated to obviously a pretty solid goals against per game at 2.69, which ranks them sixth in the NHL. So when you have a top 10 in shots for and top 10 in shots against, um, that usually bodes quite well for wins. Obviously, it might hurt him in the save percentage category, but we've seen it with his 5-3-0 record while basically you just got to play well, right? Yeah, like, like you said, that uh, the team's going to take care of the wins and the goals against, right? It's just mm-hmm. on him to keep that save percentage above above water. And even if he doesn't, like, you still take the two out of the three every day. Yeah, another thing that's great, too, about uh, if you do trade for Anderson, like you mentioned, you're likely in a pretty juicy spot where you can you can take that risk. You can put him on your IR if you have to trade a goalie who's going right now. Unfortunately, we have seen a lot of really big goalies go down this week. We've seen Marc-Andre Fleury go down now. So Philip Gustafson becomes an option that you could go to. Elvis Merzlinkis went down last night. So you go after Corpusalo if you need some help. Obviously not a great option. Um, but there are people out there. You mentioned it. Um, Peter uh, Chetkov, who's filling in, um, currently 17% owned. He's another guy you could go after, play him when Rant is not going. Um, there are definitely options that could fill in until he comes back. And when he does come back, uh, I do think you're getting a, a realistically a top top probably eight NHL goaltender and you could probably move anyone in the top 15 for him right now, uh, maybe top 20. But uh, keeping strong with goaltenders who had absolutely massive years last year, um, Jacob Markstrom out in Calgary right now, he is struggling. Um, Calgary themselves, we've uh, we kind of mentioned it with uh, with Huberto, just things aren't really clicking at the moment. Um, and I think that Markstrom's kind of feeding off of that. And uh, at the same time, I mean, the win-loss record, not terrible. He is 6-3-0 and oh with two, sorry, 6-3-2, and two, two overtime losses. Um, the thing that's glaring right now for Markstrom that people think uh, could continue, which I don't, is he has an 889 save percentage, uh, much like Freddie Anderson, to just two points off, and then a 306 goals against average. Um, as I mentioned, Marstrom was a beast last year. I believe he finished second in Vesna voting. So that's kind of the theme today um, is going after guys like that. And I was after nine shutouts last year. This year is yet to get a shutout. Calgary has struggled, but Markstrom is definitely a goal you could target if you, um, you know, if you got, if you got some riches or say you're, you're just in, in a position where it's panic mode um, and you need someone who's taking the crease, but um, you know, who, who could really help you if they turn it around. 
Uh, we talked about a few episodes ago, Dan Blader signed a two-year contract not too long ago. He's playing absolutely terrible this year, so he's playing worse than Markstrom. Markstrom is in no position to lose that spot. Um, how do you feel about Calgary's tenure there, D? Um, I know, I, I know uh, he's very up and up and down, so. Yeah, I, I, I think that, um, again, it's just another good one to go after right now. He is a workhorse on what we expect to be a good team. Obviously, we don't feel as good about them as we do the Hurricanes. Um, but I still think there's a lot of talent on that team. And with there being so much turnover, it makes sense that they haven't got off to the hottest start. Uh, they've looked better the last few games. I would still bet on him to return closer to his career average of 9-10. He'll certainly get all the opportunity in the world to do so. Um, and yeah, I, I think there's some teams overperforming in that division right now. So, uh, I would expect the likes of the flames and the Oilers to catch up a little bit. Um, so I think this is a team that will be better than they, than they've been the rest of the season. And obviously Markstrom getting back to form would go a long way, um, towards helping with that. So, uh, yeah, it's a little bit riskier than Freddie because again, they're the prospects of that team, just not as quite of a sure thing. Um, as what we've seen with Carolina because there's been so much turnover there, but I, I would bet on Sutter to figure it out. Um, and there's just too much talent on that team, uh, for them not to at least put themselves in serious contention or, or solidify one of those wild card spots. Um, so yeah, that should be still a lot of wins for Markstrom down the stretch. And hopefully, like we said, he can just get somewhere back close to his 910 career save percentage. Yeah, just to, just to say how, how bad it's kind of gone for him this year. Um, and not, not to harp on team stats, but. Uh, Calgary currently ranks fifth best in the NHL in shots allowed per game with 27.9, which, is, which just goes to show how well they have been playing defensively. But then they rank 22nd in the NHL in goals against uh, with 3.3 per game. So um, those don't quite match up. And that, that's been partially due to uh, to Markstrom. So he is going to he's likely going to figure it out. And if he gets closer to that 9-10, as you mentioned, even pulls out a 9-5 for the rest of the year, um, you're going to get enough value off the wins and uh, just, just the guys around him. Also, they're another team where they rank top five in the NHL in shots on goal as well as top five in the NHL in shots against. So those, those just bode well when you have the goaltenders on teams like that. Um, yeah. But I'm going to give you a third and final goaltending option here. This one, a little bit trickier than the previous two, um, but also a, someone who is going very high in drafts. And I'm talking about Sergey yeah, Sergey Bobrovsky out in Florida, 34 year old Sergey Bobrovsky. Nine games played this year, four wins, four losses, one overtime loss. He has a 9.05 save percentage, and this is what scares me, a glaringly high 3.14 goals against average. One thing about Bobrovsky that the other two players didn't have going for them, Bobrovsky currently has Spencer Knight sitting behind him, 21-year-old super prospect, goaltending prospect, um, and Knight is playing fantastic this year. Uh, to compare the numbers, Knight has started seven games to Bobrovsky's nine. Uh, Bobrovsky went again tonight, so that'll be 10 to seven. But Knight has played much better, 2.31 goals against average, 9.22 save percentage. Um, we're looking, unfortunately, at kind of what looks like a little bit more of a split than originally planned. This is what a lot of people thought would happen last year. Sergey Bobrovsky, would you be going after him, D, or are you staying the hell away from the Bob father? Uh, it's such a tricky one, right? Cause I feel like the person who drafted him invested a lot of capital, uh, into him on draft day. So it's going to be tough to, you know, probably orchestrate the type of trade that I'd be happy giving up for him. Cause it's a real concern. Like just, just night in general one, like we've seen Bobrovsky just be terrible for years at a time. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then come back and just be a Vesna candidate and, and drop a nine thirty save percentage. Like he is for the longest time has been like the epitome of, of goalies or voodoo because his individual performance has just varied so much year to year at times. So one that's scary. Like you don't know, or, you know, you don't feel as good about him bouncing back because we've seen him go through these prolonged uh, cold stretches before. And then two, like you said, it's just such a, a real risk with Spencer Knight. The good thing is Knight, you know, really hasn't been playing that much better to this point in the season. It's not like he's taking hold of that job, but, um, you know, like you said, he's there for a reason. They drafted him for a reason. He's the goaltender of the future. Um, and he looks good enough. And, and just in the sense that, um, if Bob continues to struggle, like he'll continue to get gains. If he's slightly outplaying Bob, like why would you not go with the kid that you're expecting to carry the franchise, you know, for the better part of the next five to 10 years. So, um, yeah, it's only a matter of time. So that's the concern. Obviously the upside is, is what Bob did last year. And right? even if he gets, 55 starts like he could still win 40 games on that team so um bit of a tricky one really a, a tough one to crack i think if you're shooting for upside he's a good one to go for but certainly a, a riskier target than some of the other guys we talked about 
Uh, I got a I got a tricky on your feet, keep you on your toes question. D, would you currently, if you owned Carter Hart, who uh, I'll toss his numbers out here really quick. Carter Hart currently 11 games in, six wins, two losses, three overtime losses, a 929 save percentage, and 2.42 goals against average. Would you trade Carter Hart um, or Sergei Bobrovsky? I would try to get Bob Plus. Like I think that's a, a deal that you don't have to make straight up. And the I only agree. reason I'm hesitant is because Basically, just you know, the narrative around Hart, his his draft stock of him being again kind of similar um, tonight, one of the top goalie prospects for you know before he came into the league. Like, it's not a, a massive surprise, and you know he had a really strong rookie year too. It's not a huge surprise to see Hart playing as well as he is. So um, I feel like there's there is legitimate upside in Hart. The problem is the team playing in front of him. Uh, and like I always say, it's it's team team stats that you're looking to get out of your fantasy netminder. So it's a trade I would be looking to make, but I, I think it's another one that you probably don't have to make straight up, and you could probably get um, a decent addition, whether it be for your blue line uh, or some help up front uh, thrown in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I guess uh, how we'd order these would be Anderson, Markstrom, Bobrovsky. Um, yeah, and I do think uh, I do think if you do have a couple workhorses on your team and you just need a third goalie that you can put in here and there, Bobrovsky makes a great choice. That's another one. It's just yeah. kind of how how your team lays out. Um, but yeah, that, that's about it for our buy low section. Some some crazy names here. I actually can't believe it. Uh, I don't think we've ever had this many like superstars that you could buy low on at this point of the season, which means right. you can just build a pretty crazy team if if you you can pull off some of these deals. And and a lot of people are going to be in panic mode. Look for those owners who are two and four um one and five even three and three you can uh you can definitely pull some of this fun off yeah but as mentioned we are uh a- a- any names there that pop out extra d that you might want to toss in or uh shall we shall we hit the stones um no i i think if like a personal favorite would be connor um in terms of just bouncing back and, and yossi as well keeping in mind that you know he's not going to get you 75 assists but yossi just in terms of giving you goals at the back end from here on out uh and connor as well i think those are my top two Top two guys to go after right now. I think for me, I go Barkov. Obviously, uh, I, I'm just trying to switch this up because I didn't yeah. want to go Connor. Um, but just because just to make it fun, we'll go Barkov. And then uh, I really can't step away from Yossi. Just those shot totals are absolutely yeah. crazy. That's but right. I do think if you're an owner who is 5-1 and one or something like that, I, I really, really, really want to stress this Frederick Anderson move. That could be huge when it comes to playoff time if you can pull this off and, uh, and, and you don't really have to worry about it right now. But as mentioned, we will send you off to the Blue Stones. Feel free to check out their new album. They're currently touring across um i just believe it's southern ontario and then they might be touching a, a couple of states during this tour but it, it's all pretty local stuff but if you do get to catch them absolutely awesome show um so now we will cut off to the blue stones see you in a little bit be my fire. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to season eight, episode twenty of the DFO podcast. Beebs and D here. What else do you need? Uh, hope you guys enjoyed those bylaws. Like Beef said, some really legit players there. Normally, we're kind of you know scraping more guys that are you know maybe almost on the droppable range that we think you know are, are worth going after and adding to the bottom of your roster. But uh, yeah, legit superstars off to some pretty slow starts, and and like we said, some really obvious bounce back candidates there too. So a lot yeah. of great names to get after there. Um, which should hopefully make up for the fact that there's not really a lot of great names to talk about on the streamer section <laughs> of the, this weekend show. Um, not my fault. Uh, there's only one game tomorrow, two games on Sunday, uh, a billion on Saturday. Uh, just how the NF or the NHL likes to do it. Um, and unfortunately, nobody playing on both Friday and Sunday. So um, not really as many, like we said classic streaming options where you're going to have to burn a couple matchup acquisitions if you want to get games in on Friday and Sunday, but we'll take a look at the games that are taking place on those two nights. And then as always, we'll go through the back-to-backs as well uh, and look at some goalies that might be worth stashing ahead of the weekend. So uh, to start it off Friday, we got Los Angeles in Vancouver. Um, certainly a lot more available options that I would be rolling are willing to roll with here on the King side, specifically that second line. I think they're all uh, a legit option. If they're available on your wire, go ahead and plug them in tomorrow night. Trevor Moore, left wing, right wing eligible, 27%. Philip Deneau, center eligible, 33% owned. And Victor Arvidsson, left wing, right wing, 22%. All viable spot starts in Vancouver on Friday. I, I know say we Moore, should shout out Brock yep. with Moore. Yeah, because um, he would not leave us alone. He did it again on Monday's streamer show. He suggested Bra- uh, Trevor Moore and obviously a hat trick last night. Sorry, he cut you off, but uh, no. yeah, get crazy. No, I was uh, going to make sure that we did credit Brock because if not, I'm sure Brock would have had to edit in a voiceover just talking about how um, he he did mention more on Monday show. So probably still will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that own percentage, as you can expect after a hat trick, is climbing, and and more would be my option. Uh, he's just shooting the puck a ton right now. He seems to be getting the most scoring chances out of that line, and unlike Arvidsson, he actually likes to convert on them as well, <laughs> and obviously just shooting a hot hot stick and. Um, you know, I, I think someone who probably the net looks a bit like a soccer net too right now. So it's never a bad idea to go after those guys who are just a little bit hotter than the rest of the league. So he would definitely be my pick of the three for tomorrow night. Uh, but yeah, to know Arvidsson, both legit options as well. If you're in a thinner league and Gabe Velarde is somehow still out there, certainly he's worth plugging in as well. Yeah. Also, just uh, if we're talking super deep or uh, super like, I guess like 14 team. No, do it. Because, yeah, it the there's other not day. a whole lot of good deep options. Um, Arthur Kaev, he's someone you got to keep an eye on. Brock mentioned it in our other show. It's it, he's more attached to the power play when he is out there, but um, we were seeing great things from him. We saw four points in two games, two goals, two assists, and then he went out and played seven minutes the other night and only got one shot in that. So, um, if you are in, in one of those leagues where there's not much, he is someone you can go after. I know that he did help fantasy owners earlier in the week, obviously, with that two assist effort and then the two goal game. Um, so Kaev has 13 points. 40 shots on goal this year and six of those points coming on the power play. So definitely someone you could kind of sneak off, but surprisingly 26% owned who saw that one coming. He's more owned than players like Kevin Hayes. But uh, other than that, really no one else who stands out um, yeah. for LA because, you know, we're grabbing from the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Like I said, that top line Kempe, Kopitar, Velarde, all mm-hmm. well owned. So, I mean, if you're in a super thin league or for some reason, nobody's picked up Kempe yet, like he should definitely be owned. But otherwise, like I said, that, that second line, some decent options there on the flip side, there's a lot of turmoil going on in that uh, Canucks top six. So better to avoid it. Kuzmenko certainly doesn't look like a viable option. We can't even bet that he's going to be on the it's, lineup. These might days. not even play. Yeah. So, uh, but Connor Garland, I, I think is a, is a strong option as well. Um, and certainly someone that I would look to plug in if none of the Kings are available. Uh, he's available in more leagues. He's available in 88% of leagues. He's playing on the top line with the red hot Bo Horvat. Uh, and he's on the second power play unit. 
Uh, shot volume has always been nice with Garland. He's always been someone who's kind of uh, producing right around those fringe fantasy levels. So, um, yeah, left wing, right wing eligible, only 12% owned. Uh, great spot start tomorrow night. I just had a uh, Jimmy Neutron thing go off in my head because earlier today I saw that you picked up Garland in, in one of our deep leagues, D, and I was like, what's this guy doing? What's he doing? Um, I should have figured he was doing his research. He was getting you guys streamers, and he was picking up uh, one of the best options on the one-game slate. Uh, I, I have no one else other than that. You mentioned it. Most Just people, getting uh, ahead of it. The guys that would have been dropping weren't getting into the lineup tonight anyway. You know? So it's the uh, stuff you got to do. The uh, boys tune in, or maybe before Beebs hits the wire after the show, just had to get ahead of it a little bit. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good call. And you know you can get me on a 13-game slate because uh, limited limited action there. Um, but no, no, it's a great call. Um, I think Garland's uh, one of the best you'll find because, as you mentioned, they're either really owned or you don't yeah. want someone. And he um, will be back on waivers Saturday morning for you, Beeps. So there you go. I love that. I will <laughs> not be touching him because I'm probably out of ads because we, yeah. we, only, we only have six. Um, another thing I think we should mention here, we might see Spencer Martin start in this one. Um, I'm not totally sure his own percentage but at, with that said um demco could just as quickly go it's just we've seen martin take more starts than not lately um yeah. spencer martin currently is five percent owned so if he does get that go he's out there in 90 percent 95 percent of leagues um someone that we've seen win four of his last five starts obviously not great in the same percentage but if you're trying to steal a couple wins um and you know you're not gonna obviously be able to steal them on saturday with uh with streamers because you'll have your own guys to play um and spencer martin is definitely someone worth a mention uh cal peterson also just won the other night probably won't get the start tomorrow it should be quick's crease but if something does happen keep an eye on daily faceoff we should have uh we should have those goalies out midday for you guys and uh and you can you can make your decisions there if you do want to you know take a take a stab um might be worth it yeah uh, and then moving on to Sunday, we got those two games on Sunday, Florida in Columbus, Pittsburgh in Chicago. Uh, nice spot for Florida, but uh, as per usual, all their options that we would be interested in are far too highly owned. Um, so I will turn my attention towards the Penguins in Chicago. Again, not a lot of deep league options out there, so I apologize, but hopefully between these six names we mentioned, one of them is available. You can at least get an extra game out of there. Uh, but Zucker, Jason Zucker, or Zucker, however you prefer, um, 37% owned, left wing eligible, ownership climbing by the day because he is on a heater, uh, mm-hmm. two goals, four assists in his last four games. So that ownership rate continues to climb up there, but he'll be a great bet to stay hot against Chicago on Sunday. Currently skating with Malkin and Rust on the second line, as well as the Penn's second power play unit. Other yeah. than that, you're just looking to throw warm bodies into your lineup on Sunday if they can um, at all make a difference. So Obviously, like I said, if available, Zucker would be probably the top option that's going to be out there in, you know, at least 60 plus percent of leagues. Um, but Domi, Kurashev, even Athanasiu, Taves, Radish on the Chicago side, like we're, we're talking Sunday. We're trying to get one extra game here, potentially swing a matchup. You're just looking for minutes. So Taves, Radish, Domi, all those guys um, are, are, are kicks of the can that you can take on Sunday because it's uh, it's going to get to be that that desperate uh, because yeah it's it's we're talking spot starts only like we said no one with that Friday Sunday schedule uh, anyone else that uh, we didn't throw out there Beavs that that you would want to go after on those Sunday slate uh no I think you 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 nailed it uh, for a second I was like maybe you could get Carter Berhage but he's still sixty six percent owned yeah um, if he's he there def- yeah if he's there definitely Raquel the same thing yeah fifty five percent owned so those guys would definitely um be top options as well but i think with zicker's hot hand or zucker again however you like if he's gonna spell it one letter off a sucker we're gonna say zucker they the minnesota announcers always used to say zucker and now pittsburgh says zucker so i don't know what to make of it got any minnesota fans feel free to reach out give us one of those like like those dash things yeah they they, 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 not Uh, And then just a quick rip through the back-to-backs this weekend again maybe get you some goalie starts to stash ahead of the weekend uh Boston or Chicago, uh, there's five teams again with back to back. So Chicago is in Boston on Saturday against the Penguins at home on Sunday. Really, you're only going to be looking at those two games if you're in a desperate need for a spot start on Sunday. So I would avoid at all costs. Columbus, uh, another team with the back to back this weekend. They're at home against Detroit on Saturday. And then the Panthers coming to town on Sunday. So, like you mentioned earlier in the show, Beebs, uh, Elvis is knocked down. So Hopefully, Corpusalo, if he can get Detroit on Saturday, would be a really good start. Obviously, there's less of a chance that you need the goalie start, um, given the size of the slate. But if you have the the roster spot to play with 
and he gets that nod, like it's going to be a better option than a lot of the, you know, usually owned attendees that you already have on your roster. Or maybe you just don't happen to have two going already that night. So he'll still be one to keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, good chance you don't need to start. And then I would not want to play uh, him against the Panthers on a back-to-back on Sunday or whoever the third goalie is right now. Danil Tarasov. You don't, you don't want Danil? He's, I uh... will pass. I'm sure he's a nice guy and maybe he's a talented goaltender, but back-to-back against Florida, that is a hard pass for me. He, uh, he surprisingly has had a couple of starts this year. Um, for those of you who remember, he was originally up at the beginning of the year um, yeah. when Corpus Allo was out and, uh, he sucked. So one win, I believe across four starts, 893 save percentage, 3.57 goals against. So yeah, like you said, if you can get Corpus Allo, hopefully, uh, on the Sunday, that'd the be Saturday. way better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I guess I, if it were to fall and you had to panic on a start, um, but yeah, Tarasov, if you, as mentioned, you know, if your goalie starts are, completely bombed and or if you're down a few and uh and you can afford to take the risk uh he is available in 99 percent yahoo league so um something to look for yeah he would fall into the soda bomb morazic category on sunday of the absolute desperation you got to the wire late after if there was a spot start available already got scooped because yeah that is just a straight desperation play nothing about that matchup says it should go smoothly but sometimes hockey just works in mysterious ways so if you're desperate, yeah. If you have anything to lose, absolutely not. Um, Panthers, uh, another team with the back-to-back this weekend versus Calgary on Saturday in Columbus, as we said on Sunday. Sunday start versus Columbus looks great, but as Beeb's already alluded to earlier, Bob and Knight, both over 80% owned. So we'll move on there. Yeah, could not uh, be a worse team. Yeah. Penguins uh, in Winnipeg on Saturday, in Chicago on Sunday. DeSmith should be picked up, I think, in general, if you need Tendy help at all. Um, he continues to outplay and take work from Yari. I think we all expect Yari to turn it around and I know they want Yari to take that job. They've made it quite clear. They don't believe that Smith can be a starter, but he's giving them, like I said, better play than what they're getting out of Yari right now. So if that continues, he's only going to keep getting more work regardless. If he gets the nod Sunday in Chicago, uh, he could potentially swing your matchup. He'll be a popular start, uh, and a pickup Sunday morning. If he does get the nod, given the fact that there is just two games. So get out in front of it. If you can Put in a claim Saturday if you had the roster spot to play with uh, and leave yourself at least the option of having a, a really strong goalie start on Sunday. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I uh, I, th- I think we nailed it. We nailed the three total games we had to choose from out of two days. Yeah, there you go. And That's then uh, the last back-to-back of the weekend, uh, you alluded to it earlier, Beavs. Uh, the Kings in Friday are in Vancouver on Friday and then in Seattle on Saturday, Cal Peterson, 12% owned. He'll be a really solid spot start in either of these two games. Ideally, given the size of the slate, that would come on Friday. But like you said, he just got the nod last night, which would make you think Quick is more likely to get uh, the start tomorrow or on Friday when you guys listen to it. Um, but Peterson did stop 22 of 23 shots in the win over the Oilers on Wednesday. So who knows? Maybe they go back to the hot hand. Uh, if he does start Friday, like I said, he'll, he'll, his ownership sh- uh, percentage will shoot up for a day because it's just that one game on the slate. Um, and he'll be, like I said, in a really good spot to pick up a win there. Even in Seattle, in Seattle on Saturday, um, if you're desperate and you, you know, really having trouble finding a goalie start on, you know, what's going to be a really busy slate, that's a decent option. Uh, it's just the fact that they're, you know, traveling and on the tail end of a back-to-back that uh, doesn't make it too enticing. Yeah, I mean, if you could get a back-to-back, there is uh, minimal uh, better options than Vancouver and Seattle, although, as you mentioned, on the road. Um, Cal Peterson, 12% owned in leagues right now, and that's juiced up 2% in the last day because of obviously the win and the potential of tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I I realistically think that they could go to him tomorrow, um, especially after two straight wins, and then um, those two straight wins were sandwiched in between a six-goal effort by Quick. Um, so, we might be seeing a little bit of a changing of guard here. And when you do see that, um, the starter realistically goes on the first night. So, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, some, a lot of decent options there. I, I think the Smith is the big takeaway. If you can get him on your roster, um, he should hopefully be getting that Sunday game. And, and like I said, there's only two games and, uh, you know, there's probably a 50, 50 chance you're going to need goaltending help on Sunday. So get out ahead of it. Don't worry about racing to the wire Sunday morning to pick him up you know, after Yari starts on Saturday and it's super obvious that Smith is going to get the nod. Like I said, if you can get out ahead of it, get him on your squad and at least give yourself the option of, of that really strong start on Sunday when there's just going to be uh, two games on the slate. 
Yeah. And, uh, and with that, um, we will let you go into, into your, your weekend. And we will say next week might be a little bit of a different schedule. Cause I think it is for everyone just kind of with American Thanksgiving there. Um, we will be making some adjustments, but if you do need those, uh, those updates, we'll, we'll, we'll be updating on Twitter. Um, that is at DFO, um, or at daily face off podcast or at DFO fantasy. If you do want to find us there, any of our, our own accounts, um, and with that, uh, anything to add on there, B? Oh, we actually have coming in late here. We have uh, Brock came on just to, just to wave at us, just to tell our fans that he loves them. But uh, but D, I'll let you uh, I'll let you close this out here uh, before we rip it to the stones and uh, and go get those buy lows while you can. Peace. You're telling them that you need a man in who you can defend. Well, I'll be the gasoline to keep you alive. And I'll be the cold, so unbreakable. We burn together straight through the night. That's alright. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.